There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. First Birds Over Boys podcast. Host Cody, also known as Birds Over Boys, alongside with my co-host Ross. What up, guys? What up? How's everyone doing tonight? We're on the eve of a crazy wild card weekend. We got the Eagles. Who would have thought? Nine and seven versus the Seahawks, eleven and five. Uh, we're coming off a four-game winning streak going to this, and you know, coming off a month ago losing to the Dolphins. You know, probably over ninety percent of the fan base didn't think we would be here, but here we are. Yep. And I am ready for it, my man. I am so ready for it. I'm so ready to prove everybody wrong. I'm so ready to prove everybody wrong. You know, every every year they count us out. Every single every year they year. count us out. Every year. So we're going to date year. back real quick to 2017. You know, we got we got everyone. We play bad teams. And, you know, what are we supposed to do? Lose against bad teams. So we come up against, I, I, you know. <laughs> We, we play yeah, some bad know. teams, and you're supposed to win your game against some bad teams. So you come across an L.A. Rams team. You know, everything's going great. We're having a, you know, a gunslinging game back and forth. You know, golf versus uh, Carson Wentz. Then it comes down to Wentz leaving in the third quarter, tearing his ACL. Nick Foles takes over. We win the Super Bowl that year. Everyone counted us out. Now we go into next year. We go into 2018. And what happens again? Unfortunately, you know, Wentz goes out with a fractured back. The team picks up, next man mentality. We end up making the playoffs, making a nice little run. Unfortunately, falling to um, the New Orleans Saints in the divisional round. And now look where we are at again. We start the season four and six. We end up going on a four-game winning streak. Granted, granted it was against some weak divisional opponents, but it's still divisional opponents at the end of the day. And now we are nine and seven. And guys, we are four seed hosting a wild card match at the link. It's exciting. Versus the row. versus the beatable, very beatable Seattle Seahawks. This is not the Seattle Seahawks that we faced earlier in the season. And even to say, <gasps> you know, last matchup we lost seventeen to nine. We we didn't have we didn't have the same players nearly as much as no, as what we had in no. right now. Uh, we have a no. team that's playing with heart. We have uh, Nelson Aguilar out. We have uh, Alshon Jeffrey out. And uh, actually, you know what? I want you to speak on uh, Nelson Aguilar for a second because we got a team that's playing with heart right now. And we have way less cancer than we ever had them before. Yeah, which he does not have heart. Nelson Aguilar does not have heart. Uh, we we actually discussed about it. Um, I want to say, was it a day ago or was it two days ago? Ah, we discussed I, about I, it. I forget. We talk about this every day with Nelson <laughs> it was, Aguilar. It, it, he, was, he it, it was funny. He drops the ball, and it was funny. I, I literally said, like, it's, it's hilarious on how people, on how offensive players, excuse me, from – 
um, from USC just can't hack it in the NFL, but yet you see all these defensive players from USC hack it. It's kind of funny. I'm like, Doug Peterson, how Roseman stop drafting people from the USC, at least offensively, because eh, I, I don't know. I don't understand what happened with Algalar. I really don't get it. Uh, we gave him every single chance to succeed here. Um, we even uh, we even paid for his psychotherapy in year one. Use his rookie year, um, and he's a first round. He's a freaking first round draft pick, out no less. So I don't. I, I don't think he just fit. I don't think he fits with Philly. And, and I don't. You know, there's a little asterisk with Philly when you come in. Either you're drafted or you're signed through free agency. Here is. You got to be able to take, you got to have the thick skin. You got to be able to take the critiques of not only the reporters and the media, but also the fans. Because if you don't and, play with heart, and if you crocodile arm so many freaking game winning catches, you know, you're going to you be out back. of here. You, you guys date back, you know, I, and I do give us the benefit of the doubt. We're, 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 in, we're in the wild card matchup right now. We're nine and seven. I'll, I'll give us that. I'm happy over that. But I always think what could have been more. You date back to that Atlanta Falcons game. Wide open, potentially game-winning catch, you know, bread and butter basket. It is literally in Nelson Aguilar's hands, and, and, and you drop the ball, and that costs us a win right there. That, 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 you know, that, that's 10-6 and six right there. And, and you know, in, in, a, in a very uh, highly contested NFC this year, um, you know, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world, but you do think we, we, we may have had 13 wins this season, and we may have been looking easily. Yeah, we may have been looking at, you know, a first, second, third seed, which would help us later down the line should this team make a huge run in the postseason. Oh, um, yeah. You know, home field advantage is, is – and, and out of most years, I, I don't have this fact right on me at the moment, but out of most years, a first or second seed team typically goes off to the Super Bowl and, and wins it. And the only team excluding that hasn't done that in, in, these, uh, in these recent years was the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> with Dak Prescott in uh in uh 2016 so that that is of Mr. course choke Calvin himself Girls. and I can tell you you know my, my name is birds over boys because you know I always think the Eagles are better <laughs> than the Cowboys they can bring up the pass all they want but guess who beat them and guess who took took matters into their own hands it's and the you know, 90s, manhandled bro. the Giants and now we're in the playoffs again and hopefully uh <laughs> hopefully they don't get a good coach after Jason Garrett I don't think so. I don't think because there's not many out there. There, there is a report that they want the uh, Baylor head coach, but I don't know if he's going to leave Baylor. I mean, that's you're coming in. You know, I can't really speak on another team because I don't really give a damn about another team, to be honest with you. Um, but I really feel I was watching uh, FS1 with your favorite person. Cody, <laughs> Skip Bayless. <laughs> Skip Bayless. Oh, I love, I love Skip Bayless. Put me on the show with him one day. <laughs> oh God, that would turn into a fight, and you know it. Oh, um, oh it would. He, uh, they were, they were saying it's like, yeah, Jason Garrett's gone, but they need another coach to be a punching bag. And I'm sorry, but if you're gonna get the world's what they call the world's premier coaching position, the last thing I want to hear is I want to be a punching bag for my boss um, um, you guys want to know what the root of the problem is with that entire cowboys organization and it dates back to that old man we have to see on the camera every single week not next week though we don't have to see him he'll be sitting on this cowboys games. but it is it is as long as jerry jones stays alive that dallas cowboys organization will remain unsuccessful no i agree i agree because he's just i, I just that, that that's just how it is it, it starts from the top yep. 
you know, just as, as a management, any, any sort of business, any organization, any group, it starts from the top. And that, and as long as Jerry Jones is the boss and he's running the whole, the whole personnel, it'd be a failure yep. of a Dallas Cowboys team, but I don't want to get too off track. So that being said, I'm going to bring up some stats right here. Um, as I said, the Eagles are on a four game winning streak. Um, we started off this four game winning streak against the New York giants. And yes, the New York giants have, uh, they didn't have a great year. You know, they have, they have, uh, they have Saquon Barkley who's injured throughout the year. You know, he's in his sophomore season. You have, uh, you have Eli Manning um, who, who played just a, a few games this season. And, and you have Daniel Jones as a rookie quarterback. Uh, we start off that. We start off very shaky. We're down, we're down in the, in the first half. Uh, I believe it was, um, we were down what uh, 17 to three. We're down by like 14 points. And we come back and, and Carson Wentz shows his clutchness. You know, people are saying bench Wentz, uh, trade this player, trade that player this season. Oh, my we're gosh. Down, we're in the yeah. dirt. And I'm yeah. seeing fans overreact. I'm, I'm there in person seeing fans overreact completely. You know, I make my post with um, – I make it the Sean Jackson post on my Instagram. And I say, you know, hey, you know, just like wait for this comeback, you know, because you, you have Miracle in the Meadowlands, easily one of the best Eagles games ever. Mm-hmm. But we, we come back. Uh, Carson Wentz goes on a spectacular game-winning drive in overtime. Luckily, we won the, to- the coin toss. And we, um, we throw a touchdown pass to Zach Ertz. And we win that game. We stay alive. And most people yep. didn't think that necessarily was a must win right there. I, I did. It was. Some people. It was. That was when the playoffs it was. started. Guys, the playoffs started in early December. Just let that sink in. We basically have, you know, we have four playoff games under our belt. So that being said, we go over to the Redskins. We go on the road. Fortunately enough, I got to witness that that again. We go on the road. Uh, we make um, we make Dwayne Haskins look like, look like uh, a freaking a Hall of yeah. Famer or an MVP-styled yeah. quarterback. But the thing is, <sighs> we take care of business. We we uh, Carson Wentz conducts a game-winning drive, and we throw a touchdown pass to Greg Ward, who mosses Josh Norman. And granted, Josh Norman has, hasn't been anything nearly as good in recent years, but that coverage was magnificent. You know, uh, Speaking from yeah. a defensive uh, – a person that loves defense and, uh, you know, uh, underrated, underrated position – I, I, Josh Norman had that covered completely, and, and Greg Ward, oh, yeah. being a, a practice couldn't play it better. Completely, um, couldn't play Ross, it better. Take over for, for the next two games. A, a quick summary. Oh, well, I mean, God, what what can you say about those games? To be honest with you, I mean, we won. What can you we say? Play, we played I mean, with heart. We played with heart. I mean, hey, <laughs> people thought when we played the Giants, then we played the Redskins, then we played Dallas, and then we played the Giants again. Or do I got that switched? Giants again and then Dallas? Uh, we played Dallas, and then we ended the season uh, with the Giants. And uh, yeah. I'll mention that Boston Scott guy later later on. Yeah, that spectacular. I, I found it so funny. I mean, I live in Washington, D.C. So it was quite funny on how so many times, so many Dallas Cowboys fans, and I don't get it in Washington, D.C., Dallas Cowboy fans in work just general friends and they're sitting there like you and i'm like okay <laughs> whatever you say um <laughs> and i i i go back to the first you know onslaught that they gave us the first time the only reason why they won that game was because of the two like first quarter first drive first and second drive you know fumbles um i go back to that game and then if that didn't occur it would have been a totally different game um, 
and then I could go. I I could poo poo back to Nelson Aguilar with the crocodile arms in the game, but I'm not going. And then um, Carson Wentz, man, I, I'm telling you, Cody, I'm telling you, Carson Wentz is is he's got the secret sauce again. So and you guys have to be you guys have to be patient with Carson because you got to remember here. Okay, so he went six and nine in his or no seven and nine, excuse me, seven and nine in his rookie season. He blows up in 2017, candidate for the MVP at 13 and three, gives us a first round bye, but injures his knee on a freak accident. I mean, his knees clackle together on a freak accident. Now, human nature, I mean, anybody, I mean, Cody, you can agree with this, is human nature would say, okay, next season, I'm not going to run as much because of a freak accident. I'm not going to run as much. I'm going to try to focus more on being a a pocket pass. You're going to be scared. Your, your mentality yeah. lowers a little bit. You know, you, you went through a freak nature injury. You went through surgeries. You went through plenty of rehab and, and, and things. I wouldn't and, 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 and you got I, that he was nervous or, or scared. I think he was just hesitant. I think he was just because it, it, it was his third year. You know, people, mm-hmm. the pressure's already mounting. You know, you're, you're just coming off a Super Bowl year. You, you're just, the pressure's mounting. I, I don't think he was scared. I think he was just very nervous and hesitant. And he tried to stay in the pocket. I mean, his runs went down by a hold on. I think I got a stat right here. I got to look it up. His down, his runs went down thirty percent in two thousand eighteen. Thirty percent. That's not much, but given the fact that Carson Wentz is his mobility is one of his attributes that makes him great to extend plays and everything else like that. The fact that he really tried to stay in the pocket just shows you on how much it really affected them. And then, of course, in two thousand eighteen, he breaks his well fractures his back not breaks his back and so the human nature would say well what do i do now you know and i said it earlier in the season before actually before the even the season started i go what's carson wentz gonna do is he gonna basically kind of revert back to his rookie season where he was recklessly trying to truck a viking safety in that game for the end zone for a touchdown or is he going to is he going to try to modify himself via via diet, via mechanics? And, of course, he comes in. He's a little bit leaner. He's no longer 250 pounds. He's like 240, 238 pounds. So he came in a little bit leaner. He changed his diet up. And He quit pizza. He quit pizza. That he was, quit that pizza. That was a big thing. It's a funny thing that because I quit pizza. I, I this is a fun fact, guys. Just just for the fans, I, I quit pizza over a year ago. I mean, you could you can yell at me all you want. Pizza's amazing. I just it's not that great for you, and it helps you stay even healthier and, and more fit and more agile and such. Yeah, you got more you got more <laughs> self control than I do. Um, I just I just literally yesterday I just killed a whole pizza by myself. Um, oh wow! <laughs> but. No, but and then you got to realize is then at that point, he's had two years of injuries to where he has tried to avoid injury, but it has happened. And so when I hear when Cody says that people are criticizing Wentz too early, too quickly, you guys got to be patient with him, especially early, especially early in the season. He just was not I'm not saying he wasn't he wasn't playing up to par. He was just trying to figure out that time clock within his head on when to run when not to run and when to throw the ball away. Cause this is a big play quarterback. He, he's not that type of guy that's going to check down five yards here and there all the time. He's not going to do that. And that's the reason why we drafted him in 2016 and our, with our first pick in the first round, it's he's a big play quarterback. He's wanting to take the deep, the deep downfield shot. 
So well, it's another for interesting him. thing. You know, he go like you said, the 2017 season. He has a, he has an MVP caliber year, and you know he he goes down. And easily, if he did not go down that week, he would have went along. He would he would have won MVP. But you know, MVP quarterbacks um have not won the Super Bowl. But I'm not I'm not a believer in those type of statistics. Mm-hmm. I still believe Carson Wentz could have went down and 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 won the Super Bowl, given how um how well our, our defense played against Atlanta and, and the Vikings. And then when it, when it came down to the Patriots game, it, it would have been a shootout just because of a Wentz style of play. Now I can't pull up the exact QBR rating right now, but Wentz, when he scrambles out of the pocket and I say this week after week is absolutely phenomenal. Wentz mm-hmm. extending the plays down the field, he's not necessarily a pocket passer. I would, no, he's I, I not. wouldn't call him a pocket passer at all. And, and if anyone mm-hmm. calls him a pocket passer, I'm sorry, you're just wrong. He's a hybrid. Heard, he's a hybrid of both. He's a hybrid, so he can do both. So when he extends the plays down the field, now you got one extension down the field. He's rolling out all the way right. He finds Miles Sanders in the deep back part of the end zone, evading cornerback, slipping the ball through one of the most spectacular NFL plays I've ever seen. One, one of the best touchdowns On I've ever wire. seen. On and a wire. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz in the last four games has 1,199 yards passing downs, zero interceptions, two game winning drives. Our rating is just over a hundred at a 100.85. Yep. And he's, he's got 127.1 rating in the fourth quarter alone. So he is I don't know. Much, and he is silencing the haters for once. And like I said, another Huge game, you know, obviously win or go home. You got a wild card match against the Seattle Seahawks. It's win or go home. So he's got he's got he still has a little bit more to prove this this weekend. But Carson Wentz is proving the doubters wrong and and and, and coming off two two season ending injuries just to make to yeah. bounce us all the way to the playoffs this year. You know, I love Nick Foles, but Nick what? Foles step aside. We got Carson Wentz uh, leading the helm right now. I asked the audience this, and this is and this is something for all Eagles fans. If you guys ever get into a debate, like I have done with multiple teams and everything else like that, with multiple teams fans, excuse me, is what quarterback do you know in the modern era that has had two season-ending injuries and somehow, some way, in his fourth season gets his team to get into the playoffs at nine and seven in his fourth year? With practice squad receivers, with no receivers. Over yeah, 500 yards uh, and having over 4,000 yards passing and breaking a franchise point, record. Yeah, point blank period. Stop criticizing him. Like point blank period. Stop criticizing him. He's he's learning. You got to understand that he has. I think he has missed 55 percent or something like that of his games within four years, and that's and that's it, a lot of experience. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of game time. That's a lot of learning. That's a lot of everything that he. Now, and so his progression necessarily is not going to be because they, they say that year two and three is when quarterbacks jump. You're seeing with Carson, he jumped in two in, in year two. He kind of regressed in year three, and now you're kind of seeing him come back in year four. But go ahead, Cody. Actually, this is what I wanted you to mention. So, as myself, I am nervous about Carson once you know starting in his very first playoff game, and I and I, I'm excited. I I am I am nervous. We're all nervous to a certain extent. You're lying if you're saying you're not nervous, even just a tiny bit. So this is what I want you to mention. Carson Wentz has mm. never played a playoff game. He's in his fourth season right now. He he will be yeah. playing a hundred percent chance. He will be playing this weekend, Sunday, four forty p.m. I can't wait. He yep. will be playing now. I want you to mention his um 
his uh, his college playoff experience and in his bowls and and his championships and and such like that. I want you to go over that right now because he has experience in that category. He does, even though it, it, it it's college football, it's still his experience in a way. Yeah, it's still it's, it, when you draft a player when 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 you're when you're looking at a team and when you're looking at a position as important as a quarterback. What has he done in his college career? Now, for example, Jared Goff, uh, that was picked ahead of Carson Wentz. He never won anything in Division One football. Never even got to. I, I don't even think he even got to a bowl game. So, does that say that he won't be able to win a Super Bowl? No. But what it does say to me is that number one, if I was GM or if I was an owner of a franchise or a football, I would go and see what is his college career. Now, Carson Wentz. I don't think didn't start until his I, I don't think he didn't start until his junior year in college. But he his team, which is North Dakota State, was in a championship bowl, was in the champ no, no, excuse me, in the championship his entire his entire C, his entire four years there. His entire four years there, he was either on the sidelines or playing in a championship game. Now, people can say, Oh well it's not it's not division one. So the hell what? <laughs> It's still a championship. That means that, number one, if he's on the sidelines, he's seeing all his teammates, the people in front of him on the depth chart, his, the QB that's playing in front of him, have the focus, have the mindset, have the drive in order to win the game. He's seeing his coaches. He's seeing his teammates. He's seeing everything. And that's, that's him learning. You, 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 just because someone's on the sideline does not mean that they're not learning in terms of the mentality and the culture that the team is bringing. And then when he went in on his junior year, he won the he won the the championship, and I believe he did it again in his senior year. And then his junior so, year, which was at uh, North Dakota State, I'm sure we all know that right now, he had uh, 3,111 passing yards and a 63% completion perc- uh, percentage and 25 passing touchdowns. Yeah, so it's not it's not like he does rushing yards. With six touchdowns. Right. It's not like he doesn't have any play any playoff experience. It's just not in the way that we would want it to be. Now, it, my that statement goes to kind of goes against to kind of say like, well, then you should draft every Alabama player, or every Ohio State player, or every Clemson player. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is is that when people go and say, oh, I'm really nervous, like a couple of these people on television, they're like, oh, I'm really nervous about how, how Carson wants to perform. I'm nervous. But I'm more nervous about how the defense will play than I will how Carson Wentz will play. Carson Wentz is not the is not the weak link here against the Seahawks. He's not. He's eager. He's I don't know if I'm sure you guys probably saw his interview where he said, Yeah, I'm eager, I'm excited to go and play. He had no emotion on his face. I mean, it was business as usual to him. Now, it's a con it's a it's a it's an interview, it's a you know, and everything else like that. It's not you know, it's not game time and everything else. You know, it could be different, but that says a lot about his character that he just completely he's not jumping around. He's not like a little kid in the candy store. He's business as usual because he can kind of relay. He can kind of fall back on his experience in college and say, this is just like college. I just got to go out and win. I can't just force anything. I can't try to make the big play every single time. Just play my game. And that's what he is doing. So it's it's not like he doesn't have playoff experience. He just has experience in a certain way, in a different way than what we would want to ex- we would expect as an Eagles fan base. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I really feel I'm slightly nervous. I would probably say about a 10, 
90-10 split and 10% nervous, 90% confident. Um, I really do feel like this could be Carson Wentz coming out game. Um, he hasn't really had a, a really extreme breakout, you know, massive yardage type of game. And this could be it. And that's not, and I'm not trying to follow the hype train here. I'm really feeling that way because he has missed out. <laughs> we go back to the two injuries. He's missed playoff experience the last two years. And now he has his chance. He's been able to stay healthy for 16 games. He's been able to play at an extremely high level for all of the season, including the last four games of the season, most definitely. And then now he has the ability to basically bring the team, put the team on his back, which is basically, as Cody said, full of practice squad people, especially on offense, and really hammer it home that, like, y'all, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> y'all thought that I was just a bum for a little bit after my 2017 season. Y'all thought I had a flash pan year. No, no, I'm here to, I'm here to settle the score now. Secret yeah. locker room criticism, and like you said, with the practice squad players, who does that? Who does that? People that know who these people were before. Greg, Greg, none Ford, of the offensive players, no. Joshua Perkins, Deontay Burnett. None of these offensive <laughs> players were in the NFL week one. And you got Austin are- Scott. I mean, it yeah. goes on. Robert Davis, you know, and now we just brought back Shelton Gibson, who I who I like, who I like as 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 a as a um. As a, as a deaf player position, he could possibly, you know, granted this team with injuries, he could end up starting the divisional round. We don't know what's going to happen with this team. And next next man up mentality, you know, I was disappointed in Nelson Aguilar this season. I expected a lot more out of him. And I called for his trade before the trade deadline. But in reality, who knows who would have won it, Nelson Aguilar, at that point. He was already squandering. He was falling apart. He was dropping He was creating a fake Twitter. He was um, fake yes, Twitter. Yes, we do accounts. believe. We do exactly. believe it was him. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, we take the side of the belief as as having the fake Twitter account. Then you got Alshon Jeffrey. What, what, you know, what, what happened with him? He goes from, you know, I, I gave him that he, he had his only drop in the postseason ever with the one dropped interception losing to the saints, that, which was honestly a devastating loss uh, last season in the postseason. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, very underperforming. And then you got to think too, if Deshaun Jackson didn't get injured and get his, um, if you can uh, boggle my memory was uh, something in an abdominal mm-hmm. injury. I forget ex- exactly what the exact injury was. I but, can look it up. Um, you know, he could be returning next week as well. If the Eagles do come up with a victory, uh, you got Carson Wentz leading a squad, and I don't, I, I do not mean any disrespect to any of these players like Greg Ward, Shelton Gibson, Robert Davis, Deontay Burnett. I don't give any dis- disrespect to these people, um, and not excluding uh, Joshua Perkins as well. They're playing phenomenal. They're mm-hmm. playing with their hearts out, but they were absolutely nobodies <laughs> yep. in this league. They were nobodies in this league. See, that's what Philly's about, though. And this week, this week. They're going yeah. to be somebody's just, just like they have been the past couple yeah, it's, of weeks. It, it, let me and, tell you, the, the, whatever happens, whatever happens this, this, this playoffs, Froseman is going to have a hard time, man, <laughs> keeping all these players that have, that have balled out now. He's going to have a hard time because it is like everybody is stepping up to the plate. I'm not the one. Well, let's give Howie Roseman some credit, you know, finding Greg Ward Jr. in the later rounds. Let's yeah. give him some credit for stealing Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, who easily could have been a top ten draft oh, yeah. pick, easily 
and we got him in the second yep. round. Let's give him some credit there. Let's give him some credit for Boston Scott. Offensive rookie Let's of the year. I can't say exactly. I can't I can't say on our side of white side right now. Wide receivers can take time to develop in the league, but they can make their big plays right now. Um, he will take time to develop. I don't want anyone to jump off the train right now. We did have a chance to get DK Metcalf, but you got to think when he did play us the last matchup, he had about uh, about two two or three dropped balls that you know really could have changed the game or made it a much larger victory. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to get too off track as well, dating back to the last game when we lost to the Seahawks, it was a seventeen to nine victory. Granted, we scored later in the game. The victory was a little bit further apart than what than what indicated on the final score. But both of the, the scores, one was a trick play, yeah. touchdown pass, yeah. which really has has detrimented our our our, our, our defense, yeah. you know, in the Miami Dolphins and Seattle Seahawks. The other was a halfback draw play to Rashard Penny, um, thirty something yards he ran through, and. Rashard Penny's on IR right now. Yeah. So you, you got a Seattle Seahawks team this time around who had to bring back an injury-prone, an old player, Marshawn Lynch, who I don't see having much of an impact on this Eagles defense. Mm-mm. And this Eagles defense doesn't need to stack the box as much as they have no. been doing in recent weeks, meaning we're bringing uh, Malcolm Jenkins up in the box next to the linebackers on the on the left side. Or uh, technically, you know, if you're in the offense, you're looking at him on the right side. Um we don't. We do not need to stack the box as much. The run game isn't as much as a concern. Mm-hmm. Do remember, Seattle lost the last three out of the four. We won the last four out of four. Yep. Uh, the only interesting thing is going to be seeing how the Eagles, how much man coverage versus zone coverage they're going to be playing. You got Tyler Lockett to worry about and DK Metcalf, and of course Russell Wilson, who was in the MVP talks. Yeah. Um, they got to play more man. You know, basically all season. They got to play more man. I, I I told you this before. They've got to put Michael Malcolm Jenkins on a spy on Russell Wilson and play more man. Force Russell to really throw some pinpoint passes. Um, and the corners have to be really sound technique wise. Because uh, I remember, I think it was 2000. I, yeah, it was. It was 2017 when we went against the Seahawks, and all he did. I want to say for about four drives, which is throw it deep and watch our corners grab the jerseys and they would get a 40 yard penalty play. They would get free 40 yards. So mm-hmm. sound technique, QB spy, and just let the defense go eat. Um, as long as you keep within your run, within your lanes, as long as you keep Russell Wilson in the pocket and you force him to make throws that he doesn't want to make, he's beatable. But if you, open lane and if you go too over aggressive and you pass by him and he's able to run for 10 yards this is going to be a long game this is going to be a very long game we are considering, not going to keep going go ahead. continue you're good um and considering the fact that we have largely i don't know i i've talked to cody about this about the darby experiment i don't we largely have man cover corners on our squad jalen mills uh, Avante Maddox, Sidney Jones, a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys in college were more man than they were zone. And I just I found it really odd that when Darby Darby huh, Darby was on the field, it was more zone than man. And and it could be the fact that they're covering Darby's weakness as a tackler. It could be that. It could be they're covering Darby's weakness as a um, as a not Speedster. as a physical corner. 
at not a physical very, not corner. Very, not very speedy anymore. He's lost that step after um, that, that injury last season. But if we can get into the face of these wide receivers, the wide receivers, the only that scare me on the Seattle offense is Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. We have a, a – for as well as Sidney Jones, as well as Russell Douglas, as well as Avante Magnix, as well as Jalen Mills have played, they do struggle with bigger, more powerful – Stronger, more physical wide receivers that can go up and get that jump ball. Well, here um, I'm going to list our, so. I'm going to list our cornerbacks that will be uh will be starting, and you know we will be mixing in plays, you know, such as dime packages, and you know we will be playing zone here and there. I I pray I pray to God that 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 Jim Schwartz does not dial up the blitz. These possibly we do we do have weakness, which you know Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham can um can um. We can uh, infiltrate. Uh, we we have a we have an injury on the left tackle, uh, Dwayne Brown, for the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. who is not going to be playing. Um, so we do have a little bit of a weakness in 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 the in the in the Seattle Seahawks offensive line. Uh, that being, and we said, did get we six not, sacks last game too. We did get six sacks. We we do not necessarily need to dial up the blitz this time nope. around. Now now no. that being said, we have a. We have on the right side Jalen Mills, Avante Maddox, and Craven LeBlanc. Yeah. Oh yeah, Excuse and Craven. I'm, uh, I'm a No, I always, I always say that. I think it's Craven. Uh, I, I, I think it's Craven. See, we, we have some with some names that are interesting to pronounce. Mr. LeBlanc, if you ever hear this podcast, I'm sorry if we poo pooed your. We call floor. him the Strap. I love, I love LeBlanc. He shows a lot of heart, and honestly, he's been playing spectacular. Uh, same with um, Jalen Mills and Avante Maddox on the left side. We have Razul Douglas. Sidney Jones, and I'll get back to Sidney Jones in just a moment, and Craig James, of course. Um, yeah. uh, so right now with Sidney Jones, I called him a bust, uh, I believe, last <laughs> May. I called him a bust. I was very disappointed in, in his development over these past couple seasons in the NFL. Um, he was not playing up the par, and, we, and I think we were all on the same page with that. Now, that being said, he has been thrown into pivotal moments late in the Giants game. He he comes back on the one of the biggest third downs of the game, and makes a huge pass deflection, shuts Eli Manning down, fourth down they punt, we get the ball and yeah. Um, same thing again in the Dallas game. He does the same thing <laughs> in the Dallas game, you know, in in the end zone, pass perfect coverage, couldn't have gotten any better in that. He is coming up big time, and I like this. I don't think he's anywhere necessarily near starter worthy yet, but he is he is coming up big time, and and I will give him the benefit of that. I've criticized him very heavily, and, and he so did have I. that criticism. I, yeah, he did. He did. Because I thought he that. was going to be a bust. But I am giving him. He's it, it's baby steps right now, and Sidney Jones, Sidney Jones, when he's thrown in his very few plays, very 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 few plays, he's thrown in. He is making one of the biggest plays of the year, which is. Very, it's it's interesting to say the least that that Jim Schwartz says, "Hey, Sidney Jones, go out there, you know, go into coverage when when the game's on the line." It's actually it's it's almost a ballsy move. It's it's a fourth down, Doug Peterson. I'm going for it. That's a ballsy move by uh, Jim Schwartz. Um, I can't tell you why Sidney Jones is thrown in those clutches scenarios, but I'm not going to complain because he's playing shut down in in, in those three done. four plays. He could we we he could have definitely just had a jump in practice and had a flash in practice and Swartz gave him the chance. I just find it funny that like I want to say like maybe ten games ago 
Jim Swartz actually publicly called him out in an interview, in a, in a press conference, excuse me, press conference, publicly called him out in a press conference about his injury, about his mental fortitude. And then now he's coming into games and in clutch situations and making these big time plays. I don't know where it came from, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, I don't want it. I want it. I would love to see him ball out. I would love to see him earn the starting position outside of uh, Jalen. But I, we may like criticize said, they- people heavily, but I never wish the failure of anyone on this Philadelphia Eagles or in this organization to fail. I never want anyone yeah. to fail. You know, they don't don't take. There is some fans that will will take the criticism as we hate that player. We don't want him on the team anymore. Okay, maybe that's Nelson Aguilar now. I'm going to admit that. But <laughs> anyone else on this team, even Sidney Jones. Hey, if Sidney Jones ever listens to this podcast, I, I, I wish for the best success for you on this team because you are stepping it up and you um, – I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. That's all, that's all I can yeah. say about Sidney Jones. And, and same thing with Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills was criticized heavily, and he's taking big steps every week. He used to get burned on the double moves all the time. Um, he, he, and he's he, not doing that now got a better coverage rating now this year so it's it's um i just looked it up he's got a better coverage rating than he did last year he does no most much, definitely. But, but it's production it, it's an improvement it's progress and considering the fact that he's been injured pretty pretty heavily for the season uh that that's opening considering that we can get that type of production from a player who hasn't necessarily played 16 games in a season a full 16 games in a season so yeah that's that's up there now so, we're just gonna have to pray there. There is a great defensive team. Um, uh, Jim Schwartz writes up these game plans. Obviously, he can adjust mid game, and he throws some. He throws some wild cards in there. He, he like like I said, throwing Sidney Jones in there. He he throws some yep. wild card, and and I, I love to see that. Now Malcolm Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins hasn't missed a snap in in in, in over two seasons. He has not missed yeah. a snap. A single that man's snap. The Iron Man. Can, can we, we – we, you have to give Malcolm Jenkins some credit in, in that category. I'm for right now. Like, Four whew. forced fumbles this season. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. And the yeah. biggest one last week – or um, against – sorry, uh, my apologies. The biggest one against the Dallas Cowboys when it mattered the most. Yep. You, you had the Dallas Cowboys driving down the field. You know, they're, they're in scoring range. They could hit a field goal right there. They could get a touchdown. Biggest play of the game right there. And that, that that's the game changer. It doesn't matter even if you don't score on the next drive. Even if you don't score on the drive, creating turnovers wins games. And unfortunately, that's why we lost against the Seattle Seahawks last time. You know, five turnovers. and um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Five turnovers that time. So, you know, eliminating turnovers this game as well. Um this defense is going to have to play absolute lockdown for the majority of the game. They're going to let up some plays here and there. That's given in the NFL. They're going to let up some plays. It's going to happen. You got Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and, and Tyler Lockett. Big plays will be let up. That's going to happen. Yep. It's in a football game. But, you know, it's going to matter the most. It's going to matter if the most, it, of course, when it comes out of that fourth quarter play. Yep, yep. And it's a, and like I said, we'll, I'll repeat this. It's a beatable Seattle Seahawks. It's it. They're not formidable. Their defense, their defense is in the middle of the pack. They're ranked 22nd right now. And we're where we are ranked 15th, seven spots, but seven spots in of itself is massive. 
Um, I'm looking at it right now. It says the Seahawks has 4,223 yards passed against them. We only have 3,865 yards. And then the rushing, the rushing is almost 400 yards more per game for the Seattle for the Seattle Seahawks defense. Uh, ours is 1,442 yards, and theirs is 1,883. So literally a 400 split difference in 16 games. That's a lot. If we can get on the same page that we did against the Dallas Cowboys and against the New York Giants, uh, this could very well become a really good game and a really good team win. Speaking of which, what is your opinion on the injury report? So we have two players right now. So everybody else is back except for Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar is out, of course. Zach Ertz and Lane Johnson, what do you think, Code? Well, so we have Zach Ertz with uh, – we've had mixed injury reports with this season. I'm going to go with uh, Zach Ertz apparently has a lacerated kidney, which can heal, which can heal from what we read. We've done a lot of research on these reports. Can heal within a week time frame. He also has a fractured rib as well. Um, basically, yep. at this point, he's going to be a game-time decision. Um, he's, he has yeah, the he has I'm the great. black jackets on, but there, here's the thing: he has been going to Doug Peterson's office every day this week, begging to play. But unfortunately, this 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 uh, severity of an injury can lead to death if if blunt force trauma is is hit in the kidney area. You know, once or twice, it requires immediate surgery. So this this decision for him playing is completely on our medical staff. If he is cleared by his doctor or our, our doctors, whatever, if he is cleared, he will play. Now, you cannot – I think Zach Ertz before was playing soft. I think he was sliding, avoiding to be hit, um, set up in weird scenarios where he just wasn't breaking tackles. And lately, you know, he's playing with tough – he's trying to play with a lacerated kidney and a fractured rib. That that shows a lot of heart, and that shows that you – know, I'm, I'm uh-huh. incredibly impressed by that. He's going to be a game-time decision. I'm no doctor. I haven't been seeing him every week. I know a lot of people ask me on on the injury report, "Hey, is he going to play? What's going on? What's happening?" I'm only. It's going to be a game time decision. I don't have insider access, unfortunately, not yet. I'm sure in the future I will, but he will be a game time decision. Um, as you said before, Nelson Aguilar is out. My guess is, you know, Deshaun Jackson comes back next week, and as you said earlier. Nelson Aguilar may be put on IR after that. He 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 seems like he's a goner for the season with his Thank apparent, uh, the Lord. With see you his, later uh, with his quote unquote knee injury as I'm um winking my <laughs> fingers together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Lane Johnson as well is questionable. I'm gonna go for a 70-30 chance that Lane Johnson plays this week. If he does not, um it's not gonna be the worst thing in the world. Um Again, it looks like that may be a game time decision, or we may know. Yeah, we we we, we should know, but you know, game time. Um, yeah, they um, uh, they said that <laughs> that if he doesn't play, that um, I can't remember his name, Halapoti Vitae would would uh, would play. However, uh, and then uh, Pryor would kick inside. However, if Lane Johnson does play, Halapoti Vitae may actually kick inside as the guard position. So that's going to be interesting to watch depending on whether or not Lane Johnson actually does play. So that's going to be interesting. So as for the Seahawks, excuse me, as for the Seahawks uh, report, left tackle Dwayne Brown is out. He's uh, 
He had his knee drained this week, uh, and that is something that we could take advantage of with our front four. And and uh, he's out. We do not need we do not need to pressure up the blitzes in this scenario. I think our front four uh-huh. will be able to handle this just fine. We will blitz a kick if we are playing our game plan to the right, you know, accordingly. Uh, Michael Kendricks will be out as well. He tore his ACL against the Niners on last Sunday. I haven't been paying too much attention, you know, as you know, he played for the Eagles during the Super Bowl season, but he got caught in a um, insider trading. He, he got caught in an insider trading. Which piss, I, do piss, not, I have not been keeping track of that for this season. Yeah, um, he's not going to, he, he's got like a court interview or something. Else. He's got he, like a he, court. He still hearing. has that and, and he has a court hearing, but he is out for the season. We're not going to have to worry about him, which is great in the linebacker core department, which which I love in, in taking advantage of the run game as well. Uh, Malik Turner, wide receiver Malik Turner, who has a concussion, will be out as well for and then the Seattle Seahawks. Mike Lupati is questionable. They're starting guard. So this offensive line has some holes in it. This and as well as Jerome Brown, who is more he – has, he has 16 catches for 220 yards and two touchdowns this season. Um, I read if Brown's out – um. Uh, yeah, they will. They will literally be drained at the at the wide receiver position. Yep. And we're gonna really see whether or not Russell Wilson can pull a Carson Wentz, which I I honestly don't think he can. Um. But this is a beatable game. This so we a... have injuries. We have injuries on both sides of the ball. Both teams are banged up completely. But the difference is Seattle has lost the last three out of four. I've repeated this three times during this podcast. The Eagles have won the last four out of four. They're heading in with huge momentum. Their players are playing with heart. Carson Wentz is clutch right now. Miles Sanders will be playing, even though his ankle's a little banged up. Boston Scott, got to love him. Got to love him in the last few weeks. Three touchdowns last game. The last player to do that for the Eagles was LaShawn McCoy several years ago in 2013. And he was a second pick. Greg Ward is stepping up to the plate. Joshua Perkins, uh, if Zacharitz plays, you know, um, we don't know if he's playing yet. You have Dallas Goddard in at the tight end position. We're going to pound the ball heavy. We're going to run some interesting – we're going to run some screen plays with Boston Scott, Miles Sanders. Hey, we have Jordan Howard, even though he was – he didn't play a snap last week. Um, I assume him to get some carries as well. I don't, I don't expect a lot, especially – especially if Miles Sanders and Boston Scott are doing a, a, a phenomenal job, you know, to start the game. The crazy thing yeah. about our running backs is they they have consistency. Last week, yeah. Saquon Barkley, yes, he had an insane I, – I don't remember the exact. It was like 58 Six, yards or so. 68 I yards. It, yards, yeah, 68. 68-yard rushing touchdown. You may, have seen that, you may have seen that occur, but for the majority of the game, it was – Four yards, zero yards, negative one yards, negative three yards, six yards. We contain, we've yeah. been containing, we are top NFL run defense. Yeah. And the Seahawks are short in that category right now. They, the Seahawks are going to be relying. They are going to try and rip our secondary apart. And that's why we got to, that's why we got to dial down the blitzes. And, and, you know, obviously they're going to run in some, you know, like anything, you know, they're gonna they're gonna put in those run plays here and there. We're gonna have to be prepared for that as well. Yeah, only the New York Jets have have more uh, have less rushing yards 
this season at 1391 and we're at 1442 so that's pretty damn good pretty damn so in good this case the, yeah, seattle's favored by a point and a half right now and we uh, like playing the underdog role i think we have been we have been the underdogs in every playoff game since Doug Peterson has took off as head coach. And we are, uh, we are four and one in those playoff games, you know, heartbreak. 12 and four, years. 12 and four in four years, 12 and four in, 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 uh, in December games under yep. Doug Peterson. And that's where I want to give, uh, that's where I want to give Doug Peterson some credit, adjusting to this team, uh, putting in the right personnel. Uh, I know everyone was complaining, you know, we didn't get, uh, you know, it was a little shocking we didn't get Josh Gordon, but look at Josh Gordon. He's suspended. We didn't get Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey didn't have a big step up here. We didn't get Odell Beckham, you know, apparently during a trade deadline. O- Odell Beckham has a hernia injury. Yeah. All would have helped. All players would have helped, but I don't think any of them would have fit Philly, to be honest. Well, Jalen Ramsey would have definitely fit Philly, but his price tag is just way too high. We can't really afford it. Currently. That being said, my 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 voice my voice is going well right now. Um, if I did, I'm going to the game. I'm going to be witnessing this on Sunday. I'll, I will be in Philly all day on Sunday. My voice will <laughs> my voice will be lost. The link will be rocking. We will be treating this like an NFC Championship game. Yeah. You know, we all we want to do is win. You know, that's all our Philly fans care about. We want to win and. Our team has played with heart. You know, no matter the outcome of the next game, I'm proud of this team for stepping up. I'm proud of Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson and and, and the entire defense, the entire offense. I'm proud of Jake Elliott this year. Um, the only two do, uh, do know, I'll I'll interject here with you, Cody. The only two people that I'm um, not impressed with on the Philadelphia, well, three is one is the player Nelson Aguilar. The other two are coaches being the QB coach, Press Taylor, and the offensive coordinator in micro. Um, I don't know about you guys. I don't know who who, who you guys will be listening to. But uh, barring a Super Bowl entry this year, I don't think either of them should have their jobs by the end of the season. Um, we've talked about this. Me and Cody have talked about this back and forth. Um it's kind of odd on how all of a sudden we go on this four game win streak and our offense with practice screen with practice squad members are doing all these big plays and everything. And uh, it'll be a discussion between you guys. Um, I really feel like Doug Peterson has taken over the offensive coordinator position from Mike Crow. Um, I, I really do believe Deuce that. Daly, um, assistant head coach and running backs coach. Has has had a lot to say and has a lot it has a lot to do with how this Eagles offense has been performing as well. I think he's yeah. been I think he's been a big help in there. And you know the, these are things. This is technically speculation, but you know we, we do have some intelligence in, in this category. And Mike Rowe was just he just he's had, asinine. He, he's asinine. He's, he's asinine. That that is that is a perfect. That is a perfect <sighs> way to say that. It's if if we didn't have any speed. Once Deshaun Jackson came out, we didn't have any speed on the offense. Um, Mike, I can't remember his name. He's on NFL Films. I can't. I just lost his name. But he, he came out. No, uh, he's uh, NFL Films reviewer. I can't remember his name. But he came out and said that the Philadelphia offense is the slowest offense in the NFL, and it's true. Yet we had 
15 yard, 20 yard in outs. We had 20 yard in routes. We had fly routes being called. I, I didn't understand it. I was like, what are we doing? And Carson Wentz was getting killed in the pocket because he's waiting for these routes to, he's waiting for his players to come open. They're not coming open. And so he's having to be a Superman all the time. And then all of a sudden, four-game win streak, we're doing more winning, which I attribute that to Deuce Daly, as Cody said. I attribute more play action. Doug Peterson is a heavy with play action. Um, he's always been like that. He's part of the Andy Reid coaching tree. And if you know anything about Andy Reid, he loves to throw. He loves to not only fake the pass, but fake the run. And I saw a lot of that in these last four games. And I'm really thinking that Doug Peterson has taken the offensive play calling duties and game planning away from Mike Groh saying, no, no, no. I gave you the keys too early. Let me get the keys back. You're still going to be part of the process, but you're not going to be the one game planning these plays. Cause it was just absolutely asinine on how some of these games were coming down to the very wire or we were getting blown out. And it wasn't like we didn't have talent on the squad. That that was at one point where Alshon Jeffrey was still playing. Nelson Aguilar was still playing. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, Zach Ertz was healthy. Uh, all these players were still majorly healthy, and we just couldn't make I think our points per game, I think our points per game was like 21 points per game. And then now our points per game has stacked up, I think, the 20. 25 about. 20, yeah, 25. So, I mean – Yes, that's only a four-point difference, but you got to look at it as practice squad 24. members. Twenty-four point one to be exact. Twenty-four point one. There you go. Points, which yeah. is twelfth, twelfth in the league right now. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very odd. I, I feel like Doug Peterson was finally had enough of him, and barring a Super Bowl bid, um, I think Press Taylor, Press Taylor is the QB coach for Carson Wentz, and we have all seen how many times Carson Wentz has sailed balls, that's technique. That That's that drop-back technique. That's throwing technique. And you can have a regression if that if the coach doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. So, And I, I, I like Press Taylor. I, I've looked at his resume. He, he's been – he has some experience, but let's, let's, get some, let's get somebody with some real premier experience or a QB whisperer. Um, Quarterback whisperer, again. I like that. I like that a yeah. lot. Yeah. So that's my thing. That's the only three player. That's the only three that I'm really disappointed at. Everybody else has been great. Everybody else has been great. Well, I, I completely agree with you on the disappointments. Um, I'm, I'm trying to. Depending on whether or not that report I came in. That he, I, I, Alshon, I have a love hate relationship for it's a little, it's a little hard to press on for. I know we're in a, um, uh, I know we're I in hope. a weird situation with him for next year because if if we do end up cutting him, we we lose out on the dead money. Um, he needs to learn in, to learn the slot. That's what he needs. To he learn. needs to he learn, needs to learn, the, learn slot the slot because he is going to he is already lacking speed and he's losing speed after this category. Um, yeah. Um, so before we end this podcast, I'll give us. I would like to hear your score prediction. Score. Yeah, give yo you first. You oh, first. No, we are we are going with your score prediction first. See, I'm a little, right. I'm a little tricky with these questions. So, I know ours is going to be very similar. It's gonna, I'm gonna it's gonna be a fairly close matchup, a fairly close. But the Eagles, I'm gonna Eagles change break it. Away. I'm gonna, so change, gonna change it. it. Let, let's hear yeah. let's hear this. Uh, let's do a little like. Uh, I'm little, going little to change ball. it. 
because I originally said it was going to be 21-14 for Eagles, so the Eagles are going to win in by a touchdown, but I'm actually going to change it. I'm actually going to say 24-14. The Eagles are going to get a 50-yard bomb from our kicker somewhere down the line, somewhere where the Seattle Seahawks are going to gain momentum again, and we're going to have to get a 51-yarder or a 52-yarder and – to keep them out of place. Our kicker is going to knock them right out the bar. So 10 points. I'm going to go with 10 points. You're going to go with 10 points. I know you originally were going with a seven-point victory. I yep. am still – I am going to go with – I've been going with the weird predictions lately. Um, I still think it's a fairly close matchup. I know the points per game for both teams is in the 20. I'm going to change things around this week. I Ooh, two changes. Get that. <laughs> two changes always changing we we know how this goes so that being said i'm gonna go with a weird a very a very weird score prediction i know i'm gonna go (laughs) you guys are gonna laugh at this one (laughs) i'm gonna go give me one second we're 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 just we're just thinking this out fully before we actually (laughs) before we actually give this one out Give me, give me a good 10 seconds. If you call this out like you did a couple games ago, you need to go to Vegas, my man. I believe there's going to be a, a missed extra point. There is going to be a missed extra point along the line. Ooh. Which, leads, which leads me to believe the Eagles have an eight-point victory. <laughs> oh. Vegas has it at a minus 1.5. Meaning. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. It's an eight-point victory, which meaning I see Eagles 21. Oh, you went with my score. Okay. Eagles 21. Listen to this, guys. Eagles 21, Seahawks 13. Oh, oh. Oh, I see. Okay, so maybe a two touchdowns and they just, like, whiff on the extra kick. Okay. There's a, there's a whiff on the extra pick, and I do want to see a higher scoring victory. So Eagles twenty one, Seahawks thirteen. I do I could potentially see, like you said, a ten point victory. I could even see a thirteen point victory because the Seahawks are very the, the whole NFL is writing us off and, and, and overhyping. But what, what realistically could happen is we go up by the eight point victory. There's a little bouncing forth and bouncing back forth in the fourth quarter. And our defense, of course, Seahawks will possibly have the, the ball last with the final minute. And who other else than Sidney Jones makes a big play on a fourth and all. Oh, you're, after you're betting that? You're betting on, on that? Sidney Jones makes another big play. I hope, he, I, I hope he hears this. I hope he hears this. Most likely he won't. Sidney Jones makes a big play. After after a second, there will, there will be a sack on a second or a third down, and the Seahawks will be in about a fourth and twelve, ter- uh, fourth and twelve, about fourth and thirteen, and there will be a, a big pass deflection or a breakup, and that will be the end wow. of the game. The Eagles will kneel the ball. Final score: Eagles twenty-one, Seattle Seahawks thirteen. The Eagles advance to the divisional round on the road against. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. <laughs> That will be up for the next episode of the Birds Over Boys podcast. Uh, we don't want to go too far with this. Yeah. 
Oh, man. All right, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, that was the ending to our first episode. Good job, Amazing Coach. job, bud. I want to say yeah. uh, I want to thank you guys to all the listeners. This is this is the very first of many wonderful episodes coming to life. I want to say fly, Eagles, fly, and we'll see you guys next week. Go Birds! Go Birds! <laughs>